another degree on your thermometer today, too, because there are going to be some hot spots again in the province. 21 degrees yesterday in Maple Creek. How like how is that even possible? Warmer than spots in Florida yesterday was southwestern Saskatchewan. Good morning. I'm Evan Bray. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Along with this beautiful weather, we got lots to talk about this morning. The United States political scene seems to yield new sagas and new dramas daily. If you watch what's unfolding down there, it's almost unbelievable how Donald Trump continues to move forward, winning primaries by night, losing court cases by day. Brian Karam, a White House correspondent who has spent years at the White House as part of their press gallery, is going to be joining me this morning. We'll talk a little bit about what we are seeing down in the States. And how about this sports card find? Everybody's talking about this. Millions of dollars in hockey cards in a sealed box in a Regina home. The world is talking about it, and it was found in a Regina home. It's causing quite the stir. If you found something like that, would you leave it sealed? Knowing that there's Gretzky rookies in there, knowing there's big cards. I don't think I could. But we're going to talk a bit about that. We'll have a few different guests, and we'll give you a chance to weigh in later this morning. Oh, and Saskatchewan's smartest radio listener, are you this week's winner? The question will be posed to you just after 11 this morning. Time now for the Big Talker. Let's get down to business, shall we? Welcome. Let's begin. The Evan Bray Show. The Big Talker. Well, as we continue to watch what's happening on the teacher and negotiation front it appears that we're no closer to a deal just this week samantha beacott president of the stf announced their next step in job action and that includes rotating strike action the first day which affects communities in moose jaw prince albert north battleford is tomorrow and here to join us about that and what things are what what is happening in terms of even behind the scenes in bargaining with the teachers is the president of the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation Samantha Beacott. Good morning President Beacott. Thanks for taking our call. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So sometimes I think people are speculating that this change in strategy from these full one-day strikes we had one one week we had another one the next week now moving to a rotating strike this seems to be a sign that you're hunkering down and in this for the long haul. Is is that what we're seeing? Is that part of the strategy of this change? Uh, not necessarily. We have, uh, from the beginning, hoped that we could negotiate a contract, but at the same time recognize government's intransigence through the entire process. And so we've had a short-term as well as a long-term uh, strategy and plan. And, um, I mean, the shift uh, was strategic in itself. I, I wouldn't read too much into it in terms of what it signals uh, from our position, but yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming that this isn't just playing out through radio interviews and billboards. Is there, are you waiting for the phone to ring? Are you picking up the phone? Have you had any contact with the government in, let's say, the last month? Uh, yeah, I've had a couple of conversations with uh, elected officials and the Minister of Education specifically, um, and as well our, our chairs of the bargaining committees have been in contact as well. Their stance is that uh, they have not uh, moved or do not have a new mandate that gives the government bargaining team authority to negotiate. And that continues to be really frustrating because they presented their opening proposals in May, we presented our opening proposals in 
in May and June, and and there hasn't been any negotiation from their side. And teachers aren't going to negotiate against ourselves. I know. Uh, I don't know if you've bought a, a vehicle recently, I, but I've heard people talk about their frustration around. You go and you expect to negotiate, and you say, "I'll give you this," and the dealership says no, and then you say, "I'll give you this," and the dealership says no. And that's not a negotiation. That's not what we expect within our our teachers' negotiation here in Saskatchewan. That's not how it should be. So on on that topic, wages, one thing that that you're talking about, um, the teachers have asked for two percent a year plus cost of living increase. Complexity in the classrooms is is a big part of it, and we can break that into things like violence in the classroom, uh, class size, those types of things. What I've heard you say is that you need to be able to sit down and negotiate. So is it safe to say those things? Because people are getting hung up on, you know, this number of 23.5% is out there. No different than the province threw out 7% over 3. From a bargaining perspective, I look at that, that's their opening offer. You you are throwing out 2% a year plus cost of living. You're talking about complexity in the classroom, and you've got some thoughts. That's your that's your opening statement. And then if you're able to come together at the bargaining table, the the answer, the solution, the agreement will be somewhere in between the two. Absolutely. That would be the expectation of bargaining. We listened to teachers for nearly 18 months hearing uh, what their interests were, what they needed to see in this round of bargaining. Um, throughout our preparation, we had 9,000 different data points that we heard consistently from teachers uh, that those two items you mentioned, salary and class complexity, were, were the two big issues. And specifically around the impact of uh, high rates of inflation and needing to have protection around inflation. And so that's where we got to with our opening proposals. Um, and, and we need government willing to negotiate. These are our opening proposals. We didn't put them up on billboards and say that that's the only offer, that that's what's available. Um, and we want to have a back and forth. We want to have a conversation that gets us to a place that both sides can be comfortable. So w- when we talk about classroom complexity, and you and I have talked about this before, I- I've said to you and I- I've said on the show that I'm I'm not convinced that that's going to be something that will be easily contained in a collective agreement, or even if that's the spot for it. Now, since then, I've had lots of conversations with people, and it's been thrown out as a suggestion. Maybe there's a way that... Classroom complexity could be thrown into a memorandum of agreement that is included in the collective agreement that basically speaks to a dollar amount dedicated to like an annual budget focused on classroom complexity. Would would simply a dollar amount enshrined in the agreement be enough? Or as president of the STF, are you looking for actual input in how it is going to be addressed? Well, we had, we presented our proposal, which was comprehensive as we've discussed before, looking at ratios on a number of different things, ensuring we had the right number of teachers, the right number of mental health counselors, EAs, speech language pathologists. But again, that's our opening posi- uh, position. We also presented exactly what you are, are describing or similar to what you're describing, but we need to have a mechanism that is included within there that ensures accountability for all sides. So this is a, a an agreement between three parties, between teachers, school boards, and government. So it it provides accountability for uh, school boards that they're going to get the funding that they can then make the decisions with. But it also ensures accountability um, between the teachers and school boards to make sure that the decisions are being made 
um, to allocate those resources in the right areas. So some sort of reporting mechanism, some sort of um, consultation mechanism to ensure teacher voice is included in those decisions because they're the ones that are on the front lines. They're the ones that are working with their kids day in and day out. They understand the needs and, and what is required to support them. SDF President Samantha Beacott is my guest this morning. I, I you know, I, I've talked to so many teachers since this is, has gone on, of course, not on air. A lot of the conversations, most of them are, are off air, maybe friends and maybe even teachers I don't know reaching out and kind of offering their input. How do you go about assembling the basically teacher input from 13,500 teachers in the province and, and come up with, with common themes that might solve this problem? Uh, well, it is definitely a complex process. That consultation, uh, that the process had occurred over, like I said, about an 18-month period. It started with member surveys that we have uh, on a on a regular basis. Those are ongoing, even through bargaining, to to hear what teachers' needs are and what they're experiencing. Um, I meet with teachers on a regular basis. We had town hall meetings in different areas of the province. We had online meetings. We had. Um, Individuals brought in, one uh, representatives from every school brought in, random selection of teachers. It was, um, it was a very thorough consultation. It took a lot of time um, to make sure that we had the proposals right and that we were accurately representing what teachers uh, were experiencing and what they needed to see in a collective agreement going forward. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question that uh, may catch you off guard, but I want to know what you think the province has done well in terms of education. <laughs> that's going to be difficult for me to to find something. I guess the one thing is that uh, they have been responsive when there is pressure. It's just simply not enough, and it is not in long-term commitments. So we had the massive rally that we held in April last year where 4,000 people were down at the legislature. It was uh, called the or referred to as the largest rally since Medicare. Uh, and we said that there was a $400 million gap in education, uh, the premier said that he listened and he understood. Um, and and after that, at the beginning of June, there was forty million dollars that was provided for education. Um, we need these these one-time funds to be put into the budget. We need them to be predictable and sustainable um, because school divisions can't hire additional support when you are providing one-time funds unless you're prov- unless you're just hiring people on a one-year contract, and that's not beneficial for anyone. In a a past conversation with the education minister, Jeremy Cockrell has said since 2007, education school operating budgets have increased by 47%, but states' enrollments have only increased by 16 How do you respond to that? Well, I think if you look at inflation as well, in in addition to the enrollment increases, um, and I haven't had the opportunity to verify those numbers that the minister has put out, but... Um, if you're only looking at enrollment increases, it's not taking in the full picture of what school divisions are are impacted by. They are absolutely impacted by uh, inflationary pressures, not just with salaries, but uh, with the operating of schools. They have taxes to pay. They have uh, heating and electricity bills to pay. We all experience the, the impacts on inflation on those things. So um, I, I would maybe encourage you to ask the school boards association and school trustees and division administration on uh, what really impacts their budget and what are those pressures coming from also we have more students in our class who have more intensive needs so 
not only are, are those inflationary and enrollment pressures there, but we need more supports than we did in 20, or 2007. So how long can this go on is, is, is really, we're getting close to the end of our time here talking with STF president Beacott. I, you know, I, I know it takes its toll on teachers. It definitely takes its toll. And the more this goes on, it takes its toll on students, parents. Um, we've talked about the financial implications of this. You and I've talked about the fact that, you know, the days that you're not working or teachers aren't working, it saves the province some money. I, I know unions put, put aside war chests so that they can afford to take these steps when they're trying to get a negotiated deal. How long can this go on? Uh, I mean, when you're looking at this current round of bargaining, I think that it has been shown that teachers are committed to ensuring that they see improvements to their working conditions, which are our students' learning conditions, and improvements to their compensation. So I would turn that question back to the government of how long are they going to prolong this? We are ready to get to the table and to get to an agreement and have certainty for everyone, parents, students, and teachers across the province. My question is, Beyond this contract, we have seen a decade of underfunding. A generation of kids have been impacted by the decisions that this government has been making in public education. We cannot go on any longer. We need to see a change. We need to see a real investment in our kids and in the future of Saskatchewan. STF President Samantha Beacott, before I let you go, just kind of a, more of a ground-level question. Lots of people are, are texting, calling in, uh, wondering how are they going to know when their area will be affected by a strike. These rotating strikes start tomorrow. Do you have a plan in terms of kind of a central location where the information can be found and a communication strategy with this? Yeah, so the notices will be put up on the teacher's website or the teacher's SCF website um, when we make our announcement. Uh, We are required to provide 48 hours notice to uh, divisions, uh, and then divisions should be making that communication to parents. So if, if parents are wondering what's happening, the division should be communicating with them quickly to make sure that they're well informed uh, of whether they might be affected by any sanction action that is announced. Um, but absolutely the information will be available on the Federation website and on our social media platforms when we make an announcement. President Beacott, thanks for taking the time this morning. We appreciate talking with you. All right. Thank you so much for having me. STF President Samantha Beacott talking about the teacher strike and the current situation. We've thrown out a request uh, to the province. Education Minister Jeremy Cockerell has been good to come on the show. We've chatted with him a couple of times through this. It's good for us to be able to check in, get both sides, get the perspective from both sides on this. Um, you just heard from the union side, the STF, and, and where they feel things need to move to. Uh, we are hoping that Education Minister Jeremy Cockerell will will join us in the next couple of days and we will uh, take a look at it from the other angle and as always we will continue to open the phone lines for you to weigh in on these conversations as well you're listening to 980 cjme and 650 ckom president samantha Beacott on talking about her view as to how this teacher strike could be resolved lots of people weighing in on both sides of this issue people suggesting like where's this money going to come from to pay for this How is this headed anywhere but binding arbitration? Which is a question that I've asked a few times myself. I feel like that's where it's going. To try and get the other side of this, we've we've thrown out a request to Minister Jeremy Cockrell. We are hoping that in the next day or two, the minister will join us and we can talk about it from the province's side, the government's side, and and see if we can get closer to a resolution on this. We'll 
We'll continue to talk about this through the show this morning, but we are going to shift gears next. We're going to talk with a journalist and a White House columnist and correspondent who has got a front row seat for the politics that are playing out in the United States. That is next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.